0: <clears throat> Hello, everyone. <clears throat> you know, Halloween is a very strange holiday. Personally, I don't understand it. I don't know, kids worshiping ghosts, pretending to be devils. Uh, nothing seems to bother my kids, but tonight's show, which I totally wash my hands of, is really scary. So if you have sensitive children, maybe you should tuck them into bed early tonight instead of writing us angry letters tomorrow. Thanks for your attention.
1: <laughs>
2: the ghost of michael myers okay guys do we really have to start out the show with that of course are you crazy isn't that the biggest Oh, well, i guess tom atkins did overshadow that yeah but in my little world i want to believe that it was a important uh. dude it was a valiant effort it was it was a it was an homage
0: Yo, man, Michael Myers, is your
2: brother? Yeah, man. <laughs> he's my stepbrother. <laughs> you know what I love? How, like, we had no script, so I'm like... He's like, isn't that the guy who tried to kill your sister? Yep. And my... That's the best. And my cousin and my stepbrother. That's who he is. Uh, he escaped last night. <laughs> like, that's the only lines I could come up with
0: you know what else is good alex is the yeah. beginning like i know what you were going for uh, you know a couple guys walking down the street but it came off like a swingers fucking scene <laughs> it's like a bunch of guys walking into the bar we're money baby money <laughs> oh
2: that was great And the beginning where it's just shots of houses and stuff
0: first a couple comments i did i bust your balls it was good man i liked it one of the uh, more effective shots I liked was when you guys were hopping the fence and, boom, he was right there. Dude, that was fucking awesome. That was a good scare. And then it turned out to be your buddy, which, you know, it was yeah. that was a nice little uh, homage, you know? It was good. Like the, um, what is it, Sheriff Brackett, the first one, right? Was that what you were going for, kind of? You know what's
2: weird? I don't even remember what I was going for or why we said, hey, let's be scared of you, and then it's you. Like, you know what it was? Yeah, I think it was like... Yeah, dude, you're going to be in the backyard, and that's how we're going to meet up with you, so I'll jump over the fence, and I know, I'll jump back like I think you're Michael, and then it's you. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it was. Dude, that's how that whole movie was. It's, okay, now let's do this. Okay, now let's sit in your room, and we'll do the shot where you're looking down, and he's by the clothesline. Yep. And then it's like, okay, what do we say? I don't know. Okay, ready? Action. Action. Um,
3: <laughs> Sounds like a Michael J. production there with, what are we saying?
2: Yeah, it's like, mm. okay, so, uh, hope Michael doesn't come around. Yeah. yeah. it will be big trouble. You think he knows <laughs> where I live? Uh. You
0: better hope not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was just gonna say, your boy was so reassuring. And then I think, was it that same dude that you totally set him up to get killed? Like, there's one scene in it where Alex's his buddy's just going under the fucking car, and he almost yeah. smacks his head, too. That was great, dude. And, and he goes under the car, and he's like, oh, you need an eight sixteenth full of ped? All right. And then as soon as you leave, I'm like, oh, he's fucked. <laughs> no. <laughs> I knew he was going to get it.
2: So I like that scene. The guy I set up to get killed was the guy that was with me getting the eight the because I was like, okay, I know he's not dead. You stay here. I'm going to go and do something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I come back, and I'm like, John. And I look down, and there's blood all over the floor. I'm like, okay. And then when I run <laughs> right around the house, I'm like, Steve. Hey, Johnny's uh, dead. Hey, listen, let's go in my car, and then we'll – uh, Steve. Yeah. And then he gets killed. The reason I did that is nope. because the way we set that up, that Michael would come around and kill Steve when I went to go meet up with Steve – So, basically, I'm just such a bad actor that (laughs) when I went around and I saw Michael coming, because, you know, he's in my view, I got so distracted by it, I turned around really quick I was like, um, Johnny's, uh, dead. Uh, let's go in my car. You know, I'm like, well, I'm facing this way. There better be a reason why. So it's because I'm looking at my car and I'm telling (laughs) him to come in. So then, uh, yeah, that's just bad acting. And, uh, it was, there was no take two because we've, Feel it was good enough, I guess.
0: Well, and then and then we'll later a couple minutes later into the uh, into the little flick here, we got one of the best scenes ever where you guys pull a little uh, switcheroo on Michael and you come up from behind, you circle around, <laughs> and then you pick up one. Is it a bucket? <laughs> yeah, we did not prepare for this. That bucket- this is where Alex's uh, wrestling influences come in. Yeah, that was the best. You know, I was a wrestler, right? <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, in a real ring and everything. Dropping
2: fucking load. <laughs> that bucket just happened to be there. We didn't say, "Hey, let's hit him with a bucket." Oh, really? Th- this movie was filmed so half-assed, dude. Like, it was
0: good though, dude. I liked it. I enjoyed it.
2: Thanks. I just wish, like, I had a chance to get a real cast together and people who were committed to, you know, showing up every day and then I'd give them real lines and then really try to give a real artistic view of the shots and stuff like that
0: and <laughs> right well and it was all logical too The the story made sense it was what 15 minutes or so yeah 15 yeah. minutes the story was all logical up until the end <laughs> if you supposedly killed michael myers mm-hmm. would you guard him with your back to him <laughs> well i wouldn't it wouldn't work otherwise this is true. This
2: is true. He's but guarding him with his back turned. He, he's just posted up with not paying attention it's so, at all. I wish I could like go back to that day and remember how we said, Okay, you <laughs> turn around. <laughs> so when Michael gets up, you don't know it. Then he'll come after you. Then you hear his footsteps and turn around. one inside tip when that knife was sticking out of his chest you know because that never happened he just kicked him off the you know he jumped off the top stair and kicked him and then that was it and then i said i know he's not dead (laughs) yeah no shit (laughs) asshole (laughs) but there was a, a knife buried in his chest and the reason why was because after he does that i come i remember the original filming i came back and stabbed him just like i did at the the real end of the movie and i was like die die you know from the tommy jarvis thing i was doing Mm -hmm. and i said and then we filmed the ending and i did it again and i said guys you know we did this twice and Mm they're like yeah that's that's okay man don't matter so when i went to edit it i was like this is weird like Mm -hmm. i just i know i'm gonna do this again at the big ending
1: right so basically
2: i cut that out and then he's just sitting there with a knife in his chest (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, that is true. Yeah, how did it get there?
2: No, nah, yeah, there's no answer. I mean, one can <laughs> assume that when Johnny kicked him up from the stairs, he fell on his knife, but the thing is, we show him after the kick, and you know what else doesn't make any sense? <laughs> where he landed with the kick, he's moved ten feet over.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say.
2: Yeah, when John's
0: got his back turned, because you missed the whole thing <laughs> where I stabbed him. So, it, you know. It's, that's awesome, man! Amateur filmmaking. It, it was a good job, dude. I liked it. It's fucking fun to watch. Thanks. It's a passion piece.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: So that's all it was. If anybody's like uh, dumb enough to think that that was like, oh my god, what a loser! He thought this is good. No, it's it's fun. It's what this show is. That movie represents exactly. everything about this show. It exemplifies it, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And I I already got a dislike asshole <laughs> yeah I, I, I got a dislike in the first like five hours dude
0: yeah sit in your room and play some more video games you fucking nerds we're actually getting outside doing something yeah well
2: let's see them
1: try
3: to make it
0: right Yeah, i I hope they could do better <clears throat> the movie got like
2: 165 views in like a day how'd you feel about that i mean i guess i can't say i can't say i was totally shocked i mean 6,000 people saw the post of it on HorrorBid. So right. if 165 people actually clicked play, that's, uh, it's not surprising. Got to make you laugh, though, right? Yeah, and it also scares me that out of 6,000 <laughs> people, only 165 actually gave a damn.
0: Right. And well, make let's make this clear, too. When was this? Um, About what? Maybe 15, 16 years ago or something? Uh, 2001. 12 years ago, I guess. 12 years ago, excuse me. Almost 12, right. yeah.
2: Yep. Oh, 11, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to have fun. We had a mask and he had a jumpsuit. We said, hell, well, let's make a movie. What are we going to do? Wait, keep, have that stuff hang around and wait for trick or treating or something? Right. So, yeah, that's how that all happened. And uh, it happened in a day, and it's a great thing, a great experience, I guess. I don't really remember it, but uh, it's great to have on film, you know.
0: I want to put that up against Campbell Nightmare, see who comes out on top. <laughs>
2: uh Wow. Well. I, I think
3: we know who the winner is.
2: <laughs> you see, I think Mike's wrong. I think Camp on Nightmare 6 is better than that. But the thing is, it's it's an hour and 27 uh, minutes, and that's a long commitment, maybe, for someone who thinks it's not going to be that good. And 15 minutes really isn't a commitment. So uh, True. people are more willing to watch my movie, I think. And plus, it has the word Halloween in it and Michael Myers. Yeah.
3: Right. Uh, I was saying, maybe I should have called uh, Camp on Nightmare 6. Um Halloween Camp Out Nightmare 6 or Camp Out Nightmare 6 The Halloween Adventure. Eat. The Halloween
0: Adventure? Who <laughs> 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 with the fucking caskets fucking Scooby-Doo? <laughs> yeah, really. The Halloween Adventure.
2: <laughs> yeah, is that where uh, Garfield gets his pirate costume?
3: <laughs> Actually, it is. It is. <laughs> and eats lasagna.
2: You know what I'm going to do? In between this segment and the next one, I'm going to play Garfield's Halloween song he sang when he was trick-or-treating. Yes. That's an awesome yes, song. Yes, I Love it. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> the one thing I'm not is a scaredy
1: cat.
4: I'm no scaredy cat. I may be lazy. I may be fat. I don't do laps. And I do not chat. I may be selfish. Yeah, and all of that. But the one thing I'm not Is a scaredy cat ah! Ah! The one thing I'm not Is a scaredy
1: cat
4: I may be bossy I may lack grace I don't do sit-ups To trim my waist I may be thoughtless Yeah, and all of that But the one thing I'm not Is a scaredy cat ah!
1: One thing
4: you saw, a I don't have charm or much pizzazz. I don't chase mice and all that jazz. I may be sassy, yes, and all of that, but the one thing I'm not, yeah, the one, one. thing I'm not. I say the one thing I'm not is a scaredy. Ah!
1: Ah! So one thing you saw,
2: Alright guys, there have been some developments at HorrorBid.com.
3: Really? I don't know of these.
2: And this is pretty big news. Now you guys know I was not supposed to be on this show today, remember? Correct. Uh, right. We're going to have uh, Jamie Jenkins from Devour you know, kind of fill in, and you guys were going to do a couple things alone. She was going to be on the news, and All I right. couldn't make it because of the big uh, f- grand finale for the Halloween shows that we got this month.
1: Yes. Right. And
2: I'm, I'm up to my elbows in that. Mm-hmm. Right. But this, you see, I, I don't pass up a funeral. And I was not going to miss the funeral of the House of Horrors podcast.
0: Oh, what? no. Are you serious?
2: They have been canceled.
3: Um, how now are they? Are they done because of their own volition or are they done because they're done? Are they done on HorrorBit, or are they just done for good done?
2: No, they're done on HorrorBit only.
3: They are done on so then, that, Well, then that means iTunes, too, right?
2: Uh, I don't know. HorrorBit is no longer interested in hosting their show or representing Harbit as a podcast.
3: <laughs> wow. I, I really cannot believe that this is happening.
0: Emo kids everywhere are crying.
2: Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty shocking. I mean, I... I think it was like a culmination of like, basically, the approval rating really dropped. I mean, if you look at our show, the views and interest, because those views, what that is, it's it's the, the interest of Harbit, what it generates interest, and we are, you know, every one of our shows are topping theirs. They lost a lot of people when they started charging people to listen to their shows for their retrospectives, and I think they lost people when we pointed out a lot of things about them. Uh, that they don't ever respond or they don't uh, you know they just do a lot of things that are wrong and just the fact that they attacked us that was unprovoked and you know it that looked bad Joe really changed I think over the year and I think he got a little bit of an ego and but look I'm not even gonna like kick someone when they're down it's it's obviously a big loss for them I'm not gloating or saying ha ha good for you you took a shot at us and look where you are now nothing like that because no. uh, i don't i don't really care no right i yeah. i lost interest in them you know if you, you could go back to our first show i could play the clip right now we uh the first show we got here we tried to you know bridge the gap between the two shows we said they did a great job and yep. that's that's proof and for all the people who hate us because they're, you know, really big into them and they think we're like the enemy. Hey, I extended a, an olive branch and, and they they said, F off. I don't even know why you're doing this. Because mm-hmm. you guys are just a bunch of kiss asses who have your, your head up horror's ass and what's the point?
0: Well, and I think the same thing that happened to me, dude, is the same thing that happened to a lot of people. I listened to this show for a long time. It's just... When you do the same thing over and over and over again, it just becomes so repetitive and redundant that it it becomes irrelevant, you know? And it's just... Hey, that was me personally. I I stopped listening to it slowly but surely. And if I wanted a review on a movie, maybe I'd go check it out or whatever. But then I realized that the reviews—I don't know if you would say they're biased, but they're definitely fucking one-sided. Oh, of course. Hey, hey to where I couldn't I couldn't take their reviews in stride anymore. So uh, so me personally, I stopped listening or whatever. So I don't know. I can't. I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for for everybody in general. But for me, it's just boring. I mean, how many people fucking do podcasts that just, you know, name fucking bunch of movies and review them? Like, switch it up, dude. Get a little creative with it.
2: Yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm sure by now they know that they're gone. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, telling everybody who listens to our show who was really big into that whole rivalry thing that uh there is no more rivalry. So uh, it's just us.
3: Well, there wasn't even really a rivalry to begin with. Right they just they started one we didn't
2: yeah i really why would who picks fights you gotta be a loser (laughs) who picks fights with other podcasts (laughs) yeah really like who cares you know the only interest i have in another podcast is if i might listen to them and that will only happen if i sort of become your friend in some way and then i'll say well let's see what my buddy's up to and something like that and uh
0: Otherwise, uh, I don't really, I'm not going to sit here and bash you or. Yeah. No, we're not gonna bash, dude. I mean, everything's got everybody's got their own thing, you know. And we try and bring something fun to the show, you know. We try and, like you said, dude, embrace the things that we love about horror. And um, hey, if that's not your thing, that's cool. I mean, listen, if you want to bash them for for different things, that's cool. I mean, I think there's a there's a mutual respect between all of us, but at the same time, you 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 can cross the line very easily, and that's what that's what ours was a simple rebuttal. to what they were talking about so we were simply responding like we said before so it's whatever there's no bad blood between us all you know nothing nothing serious nothing sketchy or whatever we wish them luck in the future and uh have fun
2: hope they land on their feet i mean i don't know what to
0: yeah so they're gone uh
2: guys i don't know if you'll ever listen to this but if you do uh I'm sure that uh you you seem very talented in 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 ways, but uh, if you want to take another venture, if you're gonna go ahead and abandon this whole horror podcast thing, I I would pick something you're you actually like and that you're interested in. And you see, like Dan said, we we took horror that we love, embraced it, and kind of. Um, like put it out as a uh like uh an extension of the movie itself sort of like right. sort of like what a commentary is mm-hmm. on a dvd or a special feature we took what your favorite movies and brought them to life in a certain way and yeah, we try to do like an interactive experience with exactly that. yeah right and and you took horror and you basically stated the obvious you you know we could all make fun of every horror movie because there you know there's a lot of stupid things about all of them and and you could arguably say they're all bad. I mean none of these movies are technically good. I don't think <laughs> any of them you know really, ninety percent are technically bad, right Every Friday the 13th is technically a bad movie, Yeah, exactly. We're but, not gonna dwell on that yeah they'll be pissed on if you bring them to like the Academy Awards or the Emmys or whatever the hell you know th- so you're you're not you're not doing anything that's like like that a horror fan would look for when they put a podcast on so uh, my advice would be to stop doing horror podcasts and um, maybe uh, do film school shows or something that you're into right right You can somebody could listen and actually get something out of what you're doing, right? You know, because that's all we do. We try to entertain through the material. You took the material and clubbed it over the head, and I don't think anybody understands what the point is. Uh, So good luck. Nope. I think the ironic thing is about this whole like departure from Orbit is that one year ago to this like week. These guys were in the prime of their podcast career, killing it. Like their Halloween show got like crazy ratings, and people loved their Halloween retrospective. I remember that being big. Yeah, it was huge. And to think a year later, to see it all come apart a year later, is just—it's—it's it's really a—it's uh, surreal.
0: You can't charge people for podcasts. That's your first mistake. Get the fuck out of here.
2: <laughs>
3: Silly rabbit.
2: <laughs> but, uh, bon voyage, guys. So, Ace. Yeah. Let's get back to some Halloween stuff for uh,
0: the Skeleton Crew Show. (laughs)
2: Uh. Dan, everybody seems to love when you blurt this out, so I'll let you
0: go ahead. What do we have in store? Oh, it's not. (laughs) No, wait, come on. It's not listener letters. Listener letters.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yes, it is. And I'm not even going to say who it's from uh, after the announcement we just made, because I don't want nobody to think of that clip that we keep dropping. It's not. Is it? It's him. (laughs) He's been very active in the whole uh, Halloween emails we've been getting. Oh, he's a little
0: whore, that one. Oh, yes. little slut.
2: Our own. Let's see which Halloween movies he has issues with. Yes. Uh Uh-oh. What's your beef? Hey, boners. Thanks for the great shows. (laughs)
3: Oh, I wish you could send me these emails so I could read them, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I watched some more Halloween flicks, so here we go. All right. Halloween H2O. Ah. Okay. Now, this is interesting. I want to see if Mike... Oh, you know what? I think it's just H2O. I think that's all this is about. Oh. So here we go. And I'm glad. I did want to get into this movie a little bit. Yeah. Ah. Unfortunately. Continue. I watched this on its initial release and remember liking it, and I really enjoyed... It, this time around, too. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But I had my... oh my E. But I have some... Mike, Mike, you're really Matt, alone on this. You really are.
3: Matt, I love you, but I think that your mind is a little... And your judgment is a little clouded, buddy.
2: Mike, do you realize yet you're the only person who I'm really... I'm not
3: the only person.
2: No one else hates this.
3: Yes, dude. There's plenty of people. You just got to go digging for them. You'll find them. Look,
2: I know it was a little too squeaky clean, and the mask was horrendous. But you cannot tell what? me that this movie was like any worse than four, five, and six.
3: Oh bullshit! On that, of course it was. Come on. What, dude? Like,
2: you're
0: nuts. Oh my
2: god, dude! Jeez. It was a
3: horrible movie. See, look, if Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't in it, I'd probably yeah, no, liked
2: over the- it, dude. Don't you see that he's he has such a thing about her. Dude because yeah,
3: you don't understand. Look, here's the thing, guys.
2: No, we don't understand.
0: Look, hey, you're obsessed look, with her.
3: Look, no, no, no. Here's the thing. You guys, I don't know if you were into horror back in 1998 when this came out, okay? Of I was. We were. I was. And I I saw her on on show after show to yeah. talk about the movie, talk about the movie. And she sounded like such a pompous jerk off about it. You have dude. no dude.
0: You know what, Mike? I remember those interviews, dude. You're absolutely right. Dude, I agree. She sounded like she was fucking too good for it.
3: Right, and she and yeah. that turned me off because I'm like, you yeah. know what? If you think you're that good, then stop because that just shows me that you're only doing it for the money. And you know what? That is not cool. Just like she's going to Horror Hound right now, only for the money. That's why she's charging 80 bucks for an autograph. I know some yeah, of them but, Mike. charity, but come on.
0: Dude, do you know how burnt out you are in a movie by the time you're at the fucking press junket? I mean, you're so over that shit, talking about it day and night, day and night. I don't blame her, dude. Whatever. She's Jamie Lee Curtis. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. She's a superstar. Yeah, and, dude, in our world, it, she is, Mike.
3: Right, but look at, hold on, but look at, I know, Dan, you just said about being burned out, and I just got to use this as an example. Look at yep. Kevin Smith, okay? Oh, my dude, God. he doesn't get tired of any of his movies. That's because he he's, still,
2: he's still happy someone's still watching them.
1: <laughs> you I'm
3: going to, you know what? I- I'm going to disregard that last statement. Strike that from the record. Oh, boy. Strike that from the record. Okay. Dude, when I get my movie done, I'm not going to be sick of talking about it.
2: I'm sick of talking about the ghost of Michael Myers. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about that until I turn blue in the face if anybody will listen. Yeah, right. All right. Yeah, I love how I'm into a 15-minute movie. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he had some head-scratching moments. First off, the title is universally called H2, the number 2, yeah. O, as opposed to H20, which makes more sense. Yeah, he's right. Because H2O makes no sense because that O should be a zero. Yeah.
0: The tagline was, blood is thicker than water.
2: Yeah. Oh, was it? Yes, yeah. It, was. it still doesn't make sense. I know. <laughs> Need a Halloween movie that will quench your thirst? Look no further. That should have been the tagline. Uh, that's kind of... Uh-huh. I, uh, that
0: was his joke, so... Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thirst quencher for that deep-down body thirst. Matt, Matt needs a... Uh... Dude, Mike, Rim you shot? get my back on this one. You, I know you'll catch this one. we got to think of a theme song for Matt. Ready? I know you'll get this. Ready? Okay. okay. Matt, Matt, Matt.
3: Matt
0: Matt Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt. What the hell are you two doing? Do you realize this is valuable airtime? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Ugh, okay. That's Matt's theme song, dude. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: I couldn't be happier that Jamie Lee is back, and she basically lit the fire for this movie to get made. I like the direct sequel to Part Two idea. And glad they tried to recreate the vibe from the original, but they definitely didn't. See, this movie is generally praised for being that direct sequel that captured the vibe. And that's the thought I had going into this. But during the first 30 minutes, I was getting pissed off. This is nothing like Halloween. It's like Scream! But Mm. then it dawned on me, and I actually was able to enjoy it. This movie is not a sequel, it's a reboot. Yes. The style of the film completely changed. The classic score is pretty much gone except twice, I think. And Jamie Lee Curtis's character it's is
3: pr- never there, Matt. Sorry, but the classic score is now orchestral, which makes it better. Continue.
2: Jamie Lee Curtis's character is pretty much a different person at this point. But back when this came out, the term reboot wasn't a thing yet. So mm. once I succumbed to that thought. I enjoyed the shit out of the movie. The, con- the continuation of Lori's character was perfect. She is a broken person, rightfully so. I like her boyfriend, and when she reveals her past to him, it feels very genuine. I liked her son, and the fact that he is trying to escape Mike because his mom is so screwy. The final showdown is pretty fucking awesome. It was great to see the turntables... On- To see the turntables on the other foot between... It was
3: anticlimactic, the showdown was. Anticlimactic.
2: The final moment couldn't have been better. And when the classic sound and score kicked in, when she decapitates, that mofo is great.
3: Yeah, that was shitty. Continue.
2: The the kind of shit that makes you raise your fist and cheer at the end. Still thought there are a lot of what-the-f moments.
3: Yeah, brother. I cried at the end of that movie. Well, I have another email here, sir, that is not Halloween-related, but I think um, it does mention Halloween in the email. So I think that it is uh, warranted to mention it here.
2: Oh, they say Halloween? Well, then it it goes right into the Halloween listener letters.
0: Listener letters.
2: There we go.
3: This one is from
2: the ghoul under
3: your bed. The back alley. (laughs) The ghoul under my bed? The back alley
2: ghoul. And I haven't
0: seen him in a the
3: minute. taco time machine. Wait, wait. The method
2: man. Wait. wait how many now, people s- sent this? This
3: is this is the person. This is this is the this is the person. This is the now, same guy. But, yes, now let me finish. The ghoul under your bed. The back alley ghoul. And the ghoul in the ticking taco time machine. The <laughs> the method man of the ghoul gang clan and
2: the shooter of killer clowns. So all those people are one person. Correct. So this is not like a collaborative thing. No. Okay. What did this one guy write? Okay. Yo, what's good, my skeleton crew
3: sons? I fucking love your show, and I listen to all shit all the time. <laughs> I love when new shit comes out too. You're the best bunch of ghouls I ever heard on the internet. You guys got the same taste in horror that I do. I think I don't. Also- I don't
2: think this guy wrote this in Mike's voice. All right, go ahead. I yeah, also right.
3: think that Halloween 6 is a decent movie, even though some shit about it was nuts. I agree with the gentleman. I'm a hardcore Myers fan, and I love all that shit. I had the same experience that Mike had with Halloween 6. What? Except, except with Apocalypse Now Redux. Now, for those of you that don't know, that is the re-released version of... Um, Apocalypse Now that came out in 2001, I believe, and it runs like three hours and 22 minutes. Three Okay, what did
2: it... Wait, 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 wait. This guy watched... Well, it
3: says, I watched that movie 17 times in a week after I first saw it. What? I watched it at least six times a week this past summer from about June to mid-September. Anyways, I'm just writing you ghouls a listener letter in Dan's voice. Cause I got much love wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, res- wait, Dan, give him one. Listener letters! That was for the ghoul under our bed.
3: Yeah. You know. Because I got much love and respect for you guys. You should do a retrospective on the Halloween series like you did on the Friday the 13th series. That would be ill, son. You three ninjas is the best. Oh. You guys are the dick, the balls, and the motherfucking tits, son.
2: I'll be the tits. <laughs>
3: You guys are the best shit around. Much <laughs> respect from Boston, sons. Dan, you be the motherfucking king of life. Yeah, he is. The funniest motherfuckers I ever heard. <laughs> Alex. Alex, you be the fucking pimpest motherfucker ever. <laughs> I'm a pimp. You're hilarious. No,
2: I'm hilarious. Yes. Uh, he has a bad sense of humor. Go ahead.
3: Is cool just cause... Wait. Mike is cool just cause the ninja sticks to his balls on his love for films like Hollywood 6.
2: Oh boy. Yeah, he's still sticking. <laughs> you yeah, can stick it up his ass.
3: I will never unstick. I'm gonna be writing more listener letters just cause I love this show. You guys are officially knighted ghouls and are automatically inducted into the Ghoul Hall of Fame. Ghouls unite!
0: Dude, you know that scene in The Grinch where his heart fills up? That's how I feel right now.
2: I know. Yeah. I, you know as Mike's reading that, I'm waiting for, like, ha just kidding. You guys suck. Why are you doing this? Yeah, like, you're right.
3: a shit. What are you doing here?
2: Like, I can't believe somebody was sincerely that, that nice and um, would say such nice things. Uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Really, I mean
0: yeah, Go under your bed. You the shit. You my ninja too, cuz.
3: He's the goo in the tick taco time <laughs> machine.
0: Oh, that's how we do it, cuz.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, we got a big interview. <laughs> See, this interview. Th- th- this is a very important interview coming up. He- Everybody remembers the debacle of the Halloween Four Blu-ray. You mean the debacle? Am I saying it wrong? <laughs> debacle? <laughs> debacle? Spackle? The debacle. <laughs> of the Halloween four Blu-ray.
3: Speaking of that, by the way, Halloween four and five, you know how you said that they were seven eighty eight at Walmart? Yeah. yeah. They're seven ninety nine at Best
2: Buy. Real Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, so the Halloween four, the debacle was that the press release or press sheet, whatever they call it, what's it called?
3: The press release. Yeah.
2: The press release said. The Halloween 4 Blu ray is supposed to have 30 minutes of footage we never saw before. And they didn't really put it in there. And that was a big deal. We broke the news on Harbid. And I mentioned that when we broke that news, it got 50,000 people read that. No, 80,000 people read that story we broke. People wow. <laughs> We almost affected the lives of 100,000 people. Yep. I mean, I I couldn't do that unless I, like, pressed a button on a nuke or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? Like, Dude, that was crazy, though, when we broke that shit. Like, the backlash was fucking monumental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, the reason I'm bringing that up is because the guy we're going to be
2: interviewing, Justin Beam, he was working with Anchor Bay. Well, he yeah. did
3: the commentary on Halloween 4 and 5 with... Um, Dwight H. Little on four, and Don Shanks on five. And he also is, uh, yeah, he was involved with all of that. And he works for Trunkus, so I think he's like with Malika Cat and all that stuff. Yeah, Trunkus International. Yeah, he's a big guy now in their, on their food chain, so to speak.
2: Yeah. yeah, and he's also writing the equivalent to Crystal Lake Memories for the Halloween franchise.
3: Right, yep. at um, Halloween the complete authorized history or it might be just authorized history and that comes out next year
0: okay and i can't wait to see what happened man with the uh with the 30 extra minutes i mean where the hell did that go and i can't wait
2: till he confirms that we will all be getting a uh, copy of that halloween book for review purposes yes yeah.
1: please.
2: i can't read but will you read it too? <laughs> and i have no money so surely we're getting a uh <laughs> Screener slash whatever reader. What do you call it when it's a book? Um, um a reader. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't read. I, I
3: don't know what you call that. I know movies you call screeners, but I don't know what you call a book.
2: Well, we better be getting that because <laughs> we might get eighty thousand views, yeah. listener letters. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike, you and Dan are going to be doing another interview this this show that yes. I will not be a part of because uh scheduling conflicts and who who are you interviewing
3: Adelaide Adele Adeline
2: Jesus Adela- Christ I don't
3: know how to say it
2: Dude you better learn before she yes. picks up the phone Yes Hi a- Adeline Adeline Adele <laughs> what the hell's your name Adelaide Clement Hello dude. Mr. Bill please <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're an asshole. <laughs> I really wish I would have recorded that. I wish I had to set up back then. <laughs>
3: Dude, I'd be using it as a drop every six fucking shows. I have
2: that drop. Oh. I still have that. Dude. What the
1: fuck is it? Let's bring it out.
2: They're all making fun of me because, uh, look, when we interviewed <laughs> Bill Mosley, we were still nervous at that point. And you weren't
1: nervous, baby?
2: Of course I wasn't.
0: Dude, he's a legend. Well, no, because when, we when, we when we were trying to contact him, too, Alex was kind of away from his computer. So we, like, ran back to his computer and, and uttered those famous words.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he picks – I don't know what I was doing. I was messing with my headphones or something. And we were calling his number, his personal cell phone. And we found out it was his cell phone because he was online getting a pastrami sandwich when we called him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hey, dude, do you still have his phone number?
3: Um, I don't. Do you?
2: Uh, I think I took a picture of it while it I was should talking still to be us. Be in
1: Skype. It should. Still it it be should
2: be. Skype. Yeah, it should be on there. All right. Oh. I'm gonna call him tonight. <laughs> no scare. Awesome. Creepy. Can you imagine if I did that? Like a weirdo. Yeah. Can you imagine if
0: we abused our privileges? Yeah. Oh, do we? Yeah. Uh, we. Hey, what's up, Adrian? You want to hang out? Hey. Well, seeing
3: Tom Atkins calls from a blocked number, so. Want
0: to yeah. get some. Yeah. When I get some
2: wine, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Tom Atkins. He knew enough to block our asses. No, Bill Mosley. when he picked up the phone, okay. I said to him, uh, I didn't know what to say, I was very nervous, I was flustered, I was doing stuff, I had my notes in front of me, what to ask him, and the headphones, and uh, he answers, I'm like, oh, um, uh, Mr. Bill?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hi, yeah, <I'm> Mr. Bill.
2: <laughs> and he actually said, yeah? <laughs> uh, I don't know why I said that, I was gonna say Mr. Mosley, and then I forgot his last name, and then his first name came to me first, so I just blurted that out. I think that was the thought process. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, no, that, uh, you know, I guess if you put it in that context, yeah, it kind of does.
2: Yeah, then it's okay. All right, guys, we're back, and we're sitting here with Justin Beam, a big Halloween fan who's actually working for Trinkus International. Justin, thanks for coming on the show with us. Oh, my pleasure.
5: Thanks for having me, guys.
2: Absolutely. You have a lot of stuff going on with, you know, and it, you know, it's great because there's not too many times, you know, a lot of fans always complain when things are made, and they say. You know these guys don't care about us. It's all business, this and that. They're not real fans, and you could tell by the way these things are made. But now we have a real Halloween fan involved in this.
5: Oh uh, well, thank you.
2: Yeah, it, it's uh, it's an exciting time
5: right now to be a fan and to be a part of all this for sure. With the anniversary next year and everything uh, that's in motion at the moment, it's a, it's an exciting time.
2: Yeah, like as you know, you know, uh, Shout Factory released Halloween two and three on Blu-ray. Right. All the bonus features that came with that, and then you got you know, you guys with Halloween 4 and 5. And uh, well, that's one thing we obviously have to get to. <laughs> you know, the big uh, debacle that went on sort of with Halloween 4. Like, as you know, the press release, when they talked about the Blu ray release, they said that you know, there was going to be 30 minutes of deleted scenes, and then all of a sudden, we got a review copy. And, you know, we're like, all right, cool, let's, uh, let's check it out. We turn it around. There's nothing behind, you know, on the back of the box. And we're like, well, maybe it's, they didn't write it. And we put it on, it's not there. And, like, it was like, whoa. Like, can you tell us what exactly happened? Like, how did that happen?
5: It really boils down to, um, I mean, in their initial press release, they included the information on that. And we've got, we obviously have a long relationship with Anchor Bay. Uh, from over the years and so they the short story is that it was a—it was just a mistake in their press release. It was something that they had included in error in that and um, we basically caught it at the same time everyone else was seeing it. Right. And so that's when we started talking to people about it, you know, putting the word out and uh, just trying to clarify things so people weren't expecting something that they weren't going to get.
2: Yeah, it was, pr- it was probably a good thing that, you know, the review copies, like, went out. <clears throat> Otherwise, people would have, you know, bought it and brought it. A lot of people would be a lot more angry, you know, finding out after, you know.
5: We would have. We, we found, again, we found out at the same time as everyone with their review copies. So we would have definitely been addressing it at that exact same moment anyway. Yeah. Uh, regardless. So, uh, you know, it, it's definitely something that we... We worked tirelessly as soon as we found this out to try to figure out what had happened and uh, try to get to, uh, you know a, 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 some way to communicate yeah. the story with the, with the fans. And the bottom line is it was just something that was put in there in error.
2: Well, the big question is, do these 30 minutes really exist?
5: No, they don't. There isn't any. There, there isn't any. There, there isn't any footage that that I've ever seen. That uh, any of us have ever seen. This that that would certainly constitute thirty minutes of bonus footage or anything like that. Um, there just isn't.
2: That's so strange how the, that number just came out of nowhere and like the least Yeah, it's a
5: it's a very specific thing to put on there. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, trust me when I say that we didn't take it lightly. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's something that, that we – that is unfortunate that it happened, and we're sorry. And it seems to have gone over pretty well in, 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 the, in the long run here with the fans. Uh, right. Yeah, because at the same time, it wasn't as though we were just offering bare-bones packages. I know there's a misconception out there about these releases that, that it's just the Divamax versions re-released, and that's not the case. No. So, you know, we, you know, we, we, we do have – you know, and years ago – it was a challenging situation, to be honest with you, because, um, you know, we did put a lot into these and we worked very hard on them. I did myself in a number of ways for putting them together and then doing the commentaries, digging out the footage on Halloween 5 from on set and things like that. And um, we we would have loved for these to be bigger releases than they were. But, you know, thing, things ended up the way they did and we're still very happy with how they turned
1: out.
2: What do you mean, bigger releases?
5: Oh, we would have, you know, there, there was. Uh, we would have liked to have done more in terms of some bonus features and stuff like that. For example, I had, I had talk, been talking with my pal Sean about doing Horror. horror's hallowed Ground yeah. episodes for him and stuff, but you know, the, it just uh, didn't end up. It just didn't end up in the cards. Right.
1: Uh, you know,
5: I know that. Um, You know, budgets and things like that that come into play, and but from our end, we were definitely our end being trancas. We were definitely interested in getting these things as big as we could get them. But again, at the end of the day, the commentary with Dwight Little was a coup because a lot of people have been asking for that for a long time and never really heard. Yeah, that's great too. And the uh, and the idea that you know we sort of in, in. put michael myers in a commentary for the first time on five which is a unique film for michael to speak on for for don to speak in that role right because that was a real turn for that arc you know introduction of the man in black and all of that so i thought that that was a pretty interesting approach as well
2: yeah you know as a fan you're a fan of the whole franchise right oh yeah what do you what do you think of halloween five
5: I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's one of the most beautifully photographed films in the series. I like the, I, I, I think that um, they introduced a lot of interesting elements with the interaction of Michael and Jamie. And um, I like uh, the, the turn that Loomis took, I think is interesting because by that, I, I love him in four. I really liked Donald Pleasance as Loomis in four. And they, they made him so human and so vulnerable in that film. And just that scene, one of my favorite Luma scenes in the entire series is in four with him and Reverend Sayers in the in the truck. Yeah. You know, that's just a, such a great moment for him. And then in five for him to take that turn and he's just like lost it. He's just obsessed at this point. And right. He he himself then takes a few steps into madness and that's the only time, you know, he has to go there to truly have that final confrontation with Michael in the house. And I I just thought that was interesting. I mean, I, I like what what they did, uh, what they did with some things in that film. I have my beef with some elements. First of all, the Myers house all of a sudden <laughs> being this palatial mansion. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> For one. And then the man and the whole man in black discussion as well but I, I i do like part five, and I think that Dominique made one of the most beautiful Halloween films in the series with that one
2: Wow so how do you think uh it was followed up with part six do you think how do you think uh Daniel Farns answered those you know mystery things that they added in part five
5: i see Daniel is such a huge fan of the series, and that's why he got the gig you know he walked in and He was an encyclopedia on all things Halloween, and just blew the blew Mustafa away with his knowledge and passion for it. And the bottom line is, something was set up with the ending of Five, with the man in black, and you know the mystery relationship and everything. And I think that uh, Dan continued to explore new territory with it, which I admire. Mm -hmm. And I think that Six does have some genuinely effective atmosphere and some oh yeah some good a lot of great moments throughout the whole thing and uh you know it's different you see i i i am of the theory that no film commits a crime against the films that preceded it or that come after and i look at everything as a standalone entry and so yeah taking on, taking on its own merits You know, and I'm never someone who's going to compare it to John's original or anything. So just taking six on its own merit, I I really really like that film. And I remember sitting in the theater and watching it and just having a blast. Yeah, it was. So yeah, I'm I'm a fan.
2: Yeah, I like what you said, because you know, not you. They're all standalone. For example, Friday 13th Part Two. You don't think of there's a worm inside of him (laughs) keeping him alive. (laughs) And you know, when I watch Halloween. One, I don't think that Thorne's controlling him, nor do I think that Jamie, right. you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is a sister.
5: Yeah, and the series runs in these little segments, as I said before. Like You have 1 and 2, 3 by itself, right. 4 through 6, H2 or Resurrection, and Rob's. It's just interesting. And each one of these little mini-Arcs introduces new elements to the lore, and we've been very accepting of a lot of that. Yeah. And you know, and the fact, the only common thread that runs through any of them after the after the first one, you know, we're with part two is the family connection mm-hmm. with Michael. However, that was handled. You know, some, you know, was more deftly handled in some entries than others. But you know, that's really the only connecting thread.
2: Yeah. Pretty much. Now, see, Crystal, uh, Crystal Egg Memories was a book about all things Friday 13th. Then they made... His name was Jason. And then... uh, Maybe, I don't know the order, but then they made Halloween's 25 Years of Terror. Then The Nightmare on Elm Street Legacy came out and that kind of showed people, guys, this is how you're supposed to do a documentary about a franchise of movies. Sure, sure. So then Crystal Lake Memories went back and said, well, we'll do a documentary that's the equivalent to that. Now... Halloween's at the point, though, they're about to step back, and they're saying, we're going to do the book, like Crystal Lake Memories. So is that pretty much what this is going to be, like like Crystal Lake Memories, Halloween, you know?
5: the I mean, the, the approach with the book is very similar to what Peter did with Crystal Lake Memories, where it's going to be a full-sized, you know, hardcover, full-color exploration of every film. And each picture is going to get equal space in the book, and... Uh, it, you know in terms of do- the documentary side of things, Halloween is unique in that it has had so many documentaries made about it over the years. There's two feature lengths, and there's a number of these short documentaries, and uh, so but uh, but it's almost all about the original film. Yeah,
2: all, yeah, it's all the original.
5: Yeah, and that's my thing with the book is that there's still all these stories yet to be told, and so that's the angle I'm taking with that is just an unbiased opportunity for everyone involved to share the the tales behind these now like really iconic films right and if that results in another feature-length documentary which i mean it certainly may we have every interest in the world of continuing to explore this yeah and 25 years of terror was i mean considering especially what those guys were were like working with in terms of materials and budget and everything it's really very it's it's a great testament to the dedication of fans and a tribute to the fans and i like it a lot i think that there is room for maybe a little more formal approach yeah. to visiting the whole series so that is something that i would certainly love to tackle at some point point. and i guess it in a way is beginning a little bit with this mini doc that i have running before the re-release
2: yeah right yeah that's what i was going to ask you too but right before we get to that the thing is you got to remember all these people from Halloween 1 and 2, well, not so much 2, that was kind of a younger crowd, but at least part 1, they're getting kind of up there in age, and if you were going to make this documentary like, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street Legacy, you, you might want to jump on that kind of sooner than later, and are you, are you done interviewing everybody, or can you still even videotape these things just for that, you know, probability that you might go ahead with that video documentary? Oh
5: well, that's not to say that, that we haven't been. I mean, it's you know we've we, we've been approaching this
2: uh, within you know almost doing two things at once.
5: I mean, so, yeah, sort of, yeah, and and. We've been preserving as much as we can in as many ways as we can. and But, I mean, as of right now, there isn't any deal standing for a documentary or anything like that. But it's definitely something that, that we've been keeping in mind as we've been putting this together. And the book is still growing. The book is still in motion very much. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because when you turn one stone over, underneath you find three more. Right. And that's part of the beauty of this, too, is... Someone says, oh, hey, you know, the other day I bumped into so-and-so at the store, and they, they, I just mentioned we were talking, and then they said they've never even been interviewed before. So wow. So there's a lot of opportunity yet in front of us here.
1: Wow.
2: That's great. And surely we'll be getting a copy of this book to review, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, so when, when, when do you think, uh, I know it's so, you're not even near done with it. Do you have any kind of target release date, any year at least
4: maybe?
5: We're still aiming, we're, we're still ag- aggressively aiming for next fall, um, but that that's a really short timeline, and, and we really want to give this the time that it needs, the right. time that it deserves to be all that it needs to be. So if it the only reason that next year would matter is that it's the 35th anniversary, but that really only matters in a press release. Exactly. Fan, fans don't care that it's the 35th. So uh, it's going to come out when it's done, when it's ready, when it's fermented, and when it's what it needs to be. And so, if if not next year, I would anticipate the following year.
2: Right, okay. That's cool. You know, I was talking to a guy, David, from Devour the Podcast, and he was g- saying that Freddy, Jason, and Leatherface are the big three franchises. Obviously, Jason and Freddy, there's no real contest there. Arguably, Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus Halloween. What would you say? Which one of those... Two, would you put in the big three?
5: Yeah, I consider Halloween the big one, to be tr- I mean, truth be told, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to, as someone who tries to look at art objectively and see everything for what it is in its own merit, uh, it's, I, I can't say that one's necessarily more important, bigger, better than another. All I can say is what speaks to me in my heart, and uh, that's Halloween above any of those franchises. In reference to comparing it to Chainsaw, I think there's some similarity in the raw ambition that led to the creation of the original from both of these series. They both came at a time for both these directors where they were full of that sort of um, maybe naive enthusiasm about the the process. And they, they they're entering into it like a band into their first album where... It's years of ideas culminating in this moment. And this may be my last chance to do this. So let's put it all in here. And that's clearly what happened with both Toby and John, even though it wasn't technically either one of their first films. Uh, And so I have so much respect for both. I think that the original Chainsaw is an absolute masterpiece. I'd say the same of Halloween, but it just speaks to me a little more. Maybe that's because I didn't grow up as much in the sticks as I did in suburbia. And so it speaks to something in me that's from my childhood growing up in the Midwest that, uh, that, that Chainsaw isn't quite as close to home with, although Chainsaw is incredibly effective and a total work of art.
2: Yeah. And before we get to the re-release, uh, the original Halloween in theaters, what did you think of Rob Zombie and his, um, <clears throat> how he changed the entire character of Michael and the... Uh... The perception that the audience should have of him being more of a victim of circumstance compared to a guy who just had a uh, you know uh, he was obsessed and you know with homicidal tendencies towards who who, what he's obsessed with. Like, what do you think of that new direction of that original character?
5: I really like that Rob did something different with it, and I I think that his Michael is. I, I love Tyler as Michael. I love Tyler's approach to the character, and I like how Rob treated him. Um, you know, we, we've spent, at that point, what would it what have been? I mean, rough math, let's just say, almost 30 years with the character of Michael and Dr. Loomis. You know, we have those movies, and those are never going to go away. And Rob Zombie was brought in because he makes films as Rob Zombie. And so you—you you, for him to even approach territory that was too reminiscent of what john did or the character of michael that came before would be kind of pointless yeah well you know
2: i I thought it would be pointless to remake that first movie i was telling the guys we had a debate 78 versus 2007 and uh i thought a better approach would have probably been a really great montage he kills his sister and however Rob wants to do it, and then a great montage that kind of just blasts through the story of basically the original Halloween and then kind of gets to the finale, gunshots. So it's just a montage, maybe lasting two minutes, great music, all the great action parts, you know, for today's audience, all that kind of stuff, stalking, the next scene, next scene, next scene, and then basically like the remake of Friday the 13th. And then after that, You finish that in two or three minutes, do the credits, and then you start the movie like Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 started. You get rid of the horse because the mom wasn't that important if you blast through, like I just said, and, um, you know, a couple other things change. And that could have probably been a better way to go because you can't recreate something like that. And, And, of course, he struggled with making it his own and having the Weinsteins tell him, but I want you to make it like the original what, do you think that would have been a better idea to like just montage that whole thing in the beginning and then start off the way he did Halloween 2?
5: See, I'm a fan of Halloween, his second Halloween above his first.
2: Me too, way above it.
5: I like the second a lot, better. it feels like more of a pure vision of his. Right. And, um, and you can see that he was, while there was certainly a whole lot of baggage happening for the second one, he was free of that pressure. That came with the first one of you know me versus the original and i think he handled it just fine i like that it that it explores the backstory uh, of of michael a little bit it's kind of what john had to do with his part two or or with with his second film when he was writing it that's like where do we go from here what's new to explore with these characters and Rob thought, well, no one's really touched on this before. And so he went there and he made a Rob Zombie film with it. So I like what he did with it. I have, I have absolutely no concerns. I think there's some really strong imagery and some strong story they're relating to uh, young Michael and uh, it properly sets him up the way that Tyler envisioned the character, which was as a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, as I interview the guys who have played Michael over the years, uh, most of them don't have a real romantic view of the character, meaning they weren't putting the mask on in this moment of, Oh my God, it's Michael's mask. They were stunt guys who were hired for the gig. Yeah. And so, so they came into the roles, not dismissive of it at all. Cause everyone's very honored. That's the thing about this series too, is that no matter what the role is, everyone who's been affiliated with any of these films is honored to be there still to this day, right? whether you're an Oscar winner or not. And, and with the, the guys that played Michael, talking to Tyler about it, he speaks of the character with a reverence that just about no one else does. He put a lot into into portraying that role, and into the headspace that he needed to exist in, and where Michael needed to exist for him. And so, I think that Rob set things up properly for the character that he and Tyler concocted, and that entries into the the first half of Rob's first film was a necessary setup for that. And now the second one is a completely different story, obviously, but, um, uh, it's anyway, that's my two cents. on that.
2: <laughs> well, speaking of like, you know, you gave a little insight to you interviewing those guys. Do you have any like kind of exclusives that you could give us that, you know, like kind of teasers in a way that will be in this book, uh, things that we wouldn't even think to wonder if it will be there. Like did you ever go home and say, "Wow, i can't believe this that I heard this today, or he talked about this or you know something like that
5: i uh, the, there is a, a series of revelations about every film, especially I think for people who aren't in who aren't really close to the business or anything would be surprised at how some things work behind the scenes and these every film came with the weight of this one needs to be better, mm-hmm. and so as they went, that really pushed the filmmakers into some creative territory, and you know, like some, and so, uh, I mean, the, the stories relating to the origin of a lot of the more mysterious aspects of the series are really legitimately interesting. Like, there's a lot of the Man in Black, for example, is this enigma that has over the, over the years been explained away in probably four or five different ways by people that were involved with it. And you're finally going to get the definitive story on exactly what happened, how that character came to be and what it was supposed to be and all of that. And uh, it's not what you've heard before because the, you know, the the, vo- the voices that can accurately tell that tale haven't been heard until now. And so, That's a big one, because I know in the whole series that that character is probably the most polarizing and one of the most often discussed in the series. So that kind of stuff is definitely explored.
2: Wow. So that wasn't – see, I always heard that that was just thrown in there, and the tattoo on his wrist was thrown in, and it was up to the next guy – to explain so what you're saying is that's not true. they already had a direction that that was supposed to go in, and Daniel Farren took it somewhere else. No, not saying that that was that that they had a,
5: a long mapped out you know storyline or anything with where it was to head. They really did just hand it to Dan and said figure it out. okay that's totally true. Oh huh. but its origin in part five, how it came about and whose influence it was, and all of that is an
2: interesting story. Wow, okay, cool. Now, of course, the big news this coming week, this week coming up, is uh, the re-release of the original Halloween in movie theaters. Yep. Was, how, what was the process of getting that to happen?
5: Once Rob's second film came out and Halloween 3D was announced,
1: right? Um,
5: it was actually eventually even put on the schedule for this fall. And and then when things fell through, not really fell through, but when things you know weren't quite where they needed to be yet on that picture that left a void for this October. And it's also a year when there's almost no horror films in theaters right now. And and with the 35th anniversary coming up next year and the aim being to have the new film in theaters next year, I thought, oh, you know, the timing is really perfect for this. And plus, after Rob's story arc is completed at the end of his picture, a lot of fans are saying, all right, that was great. I'm kind of ready for a return to it, more like John was doing with the first, which is a note that has kind of been played throughout the series, most effectively perhaps by Rosenthal and two and Little and four, where they were trying to find some of that same ambiance, that same atmosphere that, that John really hit a home run with in the original. So you combine a lack of new Halloween in theaters with the interest in the fa- from the fans to see an approach similar to what, was in the original film and like it just seemed like a no-brainer why not and so I started talking to different theater chains and seeing who would bite and we found a, a really strong partner in screen vision eventually who made a, uh, what they considered an aggressive estimate at the number of screens we could expect at 300 and now I think at this point after all of the UK stuff I think we're probably almost at 700 screens wow So it's actually seeing far and away the widest release it's had since 78, but it's opening at once in this number of theaters wider than it did originally. Wow. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting moment. And you also have to realize that 90% of the people who are logging into HalloweenMovies.com or the Facebook page for Halloween movies have never seen any of these in the theater, perhaps outside of Rob's or maybe like H2O on. Right. So. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, not just slapping a DVD and handing it off to the theaters. You know, we did a new transfer. We did new 5.1 audio for it. Oh, yeah? And so, yeah, you're gonna, it, it is a, new th- a genuinely new theatrical experience.
2: And hey, what about that, though? The, Dean Cundy didn't approve that transfer on the, the Blu-ray. Are we going to get one where he does approve it? Well, the cinema,
5: I mean... You're talking about the the lack of a lot of people point to a little more washed out picture on the on the Blu-ray that came out. Is that what you're talking about? Because because cin- cinematographers don't ever approve
2: releases. I thought he approved that DVD that they came out with about ten years ago. Uh, approve might I mean it, that doesn't or supervise it or something. Okay, yeah, that that's a little different than approving. Okay. So like
5: Anchor Bay isn't necessarily bound to having anyone you know on a checklist. Approve of transfers and things like that. Right. I know that there was a great concern from fans with that last Blu-ray that was before my time of the blues kind of being washed out of it, and so now people are looking for what the fans are referring to as the Dean Kundy transfer, which just means everything before that Blu-ray. Okay. And um, and and so yeah, that's definitely when you when you go to see it in the theaters, you're going to see a little richer color, you're going to see some added, you know, some clarity and definition with things that you've never really been able to see before especially seeing it projected so so big right and we and we think it just turned out looking gorgeous i can say dean was not involved with the transfer process on this but we certainly wanted to stay true to the original film as as best we could in in what we're presenting here and the 5.1 that decision as opposed to mono originally and then stereo uh was just you know it, people are looking for a little more now and you know we didn't add sound effects we didn't do anything like that we simply just you know we broke the audio mix down into a 5.1 so we wanted to have people experience that a little a little differently
1: wow
3: you did say that next year is the aim for the uh the new film right um is that uh, at this point because i know that there's a lot of um talk but um that will probably be like another remake most likely and won't follow Rob's as much?
5: I can't say what the, what the next step is going to be in the series. And, you know, it's still very much being discussed exactly what direction it's going to take.
2: Okay. Before this movie, uh, before Halloween, plays, you, there's like some kind of uh, little short in front of it? Yeah, Screen
5: Vision, when, when we were setting up our deal with them, they were looking for some additional content with it. And so – and they basically uh, had the idea of putting something beforehand, something before the film, whether it's exclusive, something or other. So I came up with the idea of doing uh, something because there's been so many of these mini documentaries and even these two features that we discussed about the history of the film and its making and all that. So rather than retreading that territory, I thought I would just take a look at the boogeyman himself. And the cultural presence of that of that being, and how in the United States that translates into Michael Myers, which is really unique. And then it does talk about uh, Michael throughout the series, and some of, and some of the key people who've been a part of that, and it explores his cultural impact to some extent. Now it's only th- the 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 short is ten minutes long. That's a, that's the amount of time they gave us. Okay. So you can only get so deep yeah. in ten minutes, but you now we still tried to put together something fun for fans and a few familiar faces in it. And I also I tucked in there some little goodies for fans to to see for the first time as well. Some stuff from like there's uh, some behind the scenes shots from the original '78, and there's shots from a couple of cut scenes from Halloween five that fans have never seen before too that you're gonna see in there.
2: Yeah. Now Mike, there's that guy at Synapse, right? Who has all the Halloween footage that was like alternate takes, like that they didn't yeah, use? Yeah,
3: he has the original uh negative or something for Halloween. Is there any plans with because I know um I I think he had mentioned that he had approached John Carpenter at least. Um I don't know if he's interested but I think that's something that the fans would really love to see. I don't know if you guys are, were approached at all.
2: He said he was going to edit it all so that it's the same movie with all different takes and possibly angles and whatever else. Did, is there Since you worked for them, did, has he been approaching you guys to actually get that going? It's actually quite the opposite.
5: I've been going after him trying to get the footage and he won't make a deal. He, oh. won't, uh, he won't let go of it. So, yeah. And it's been frustrating because he's been out there on message boards sending people after us as though we're the bad guys. You know, like, we're the guys who don't want to put it in the hands of the fans. I want nothing more than to put it in the hands of the fans. Now, you need to understand what this material is. There's no audio for any of it. And it's uh, a lot, you know, the quality on it isn't, you know, it, it would have to be go through some serious mastering to be much of anything. So at best... What you're going to have here is like a bonus feature or something on it. it. So there's no alternate film to be seen. There's no extended scenes or anything like that. It would be a series of outtakes, like you know, after they call cut, Michael dances off of screen, for example, after (laughs) he goes off the balcony at the end, stuff like that. Right. Um, So we want it more, mostly because we want to give fans everything that we possibly can. And because this lore has grown around this footage, that is, you know, it's much, the lore is much mightier than the bounty, I guess you could say. <laughs> but that being the case, just please trust me when I say I've been trying really hard to, to get this stuff and to be able to include it in something for fans to check out. But uh, just uh, being as, as patient as we can, hoping this gentleman decides to come around and, and uh, let the fans see this stuff
2: yeah i think we're all hoping thank you so much for coming on and answering all the you know hard-hitting things i know you know there's a lot of controversy that came around halloween four and all that stuff it's, thanks for being honest and letting everybody know what went down with that and uh you know filling us in on everything else and looking forward to that book and uh watching halloween in the theater this year
5: yeah i appreciate you guys having me on i mean you've you've definitely hit on some stuff that a lot of people haven't touched on and you know, I just, more than anything, I just want to keep fans positive. I mean, I know that, that there was some disappointment in Halloween 4, but you still got a solid package there and, you know, nice new transfers and audio and the commentaries. And, you know, I'm just trying to keep things as exciting and new and fresh for fans as possible. That's kind of what I see my role here as. Okay. So look, look forward to more of what's been happening here with, uh, keeping things rolling
2: yeah you're doing a great job thank you from all of us that yeah, you yeah. Are.
5: oh i i
3: just got to say justin i'm a diehard halloween fan like yourself and those commentaries on four and five are worth the uh purchase price alone
5: oh uh, thank you man. they're thank perfect you. those guys were great i mean it's all my role in those because you know i'm also with fangori and all this and so i, I really saw my role in the commentaries just to keep them talking and to steer them into interesting territory as opposed to me just getting on my soapbox about stuff because ultimately when you have Dwight Little in the room, why would I have much more to say? <laughs> so I just wanted to keep those guys, keep them talking, keep them focused, and I'm glad you really enjoyed it. I, I had a kick, you know, had a blast making those things and look forward to more down the road here.
2: Great. And if you ever want to come back on and talk about the new stuff, uh, you know, give us a... Give us a buzz and you know come back and uh, talk about what what's uh, down the road. Absolutely, guys, I appreciate it very much. All right, man, thanks a lot. Yep, take care. Have so. a good one.